And the time to start, if you're not living your dream, is right now. Start setting goals and setting out where you set in the course of your life and setting it all up so that you get somewhere in the future. When all that comes together, something happens called fulfillment. If you are not experiencing awesomeness in every aspect of your life, it's just from an internal block or barrier disconnect that you've chosen to take on. Life is as easy or as hard as we want to make it. And I got my hands and my eyeballs and my heart around any information I could around holistic healing. And that led me down a never-ending rabbit hole of which I'm still spelunking into the depths of. I needed something like ayahuasca to really wake me up because I was very rigid and very stuck in my ways and very structured and controlling. And my first ayahuasca ceremony cracked my ego in a billion pieces. And uh, that's when I believe when you when we really follow our deepest truth, when we really follow our soul, when we really follow our true calling, the universe rises to support us moment to moment to moment. Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind, challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Welcome to another episode of the Holistic Human Optimization Podcast. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis. We have a truly amazing interview lined up for you today. And before we dive headfirst into it, I wanted to share a quick offer from one of our sponsors. If you're looking for the highest quality superfoods, natural supplements, and lifestyle upgrade products, I want to recommend you take a look at Purium Health Products. They produce some of the world's best superfood products by maintaining total control of the sourcing process through producing a majority of their products on their own farms and using their patented live dehydration process, which helps to maintain total nutritional integrity. Some of my favorite products I use daily are the Super Amino 23 Protein Replacement Amino Acid Product, the Love Super Meal, which is a live, organic, vegan meal replacement formula. The Apothecary product, which is an organic, GMO-free cherry concentrate that helps increase natural melatonin levels and aids in REM sleep. And also, their revolutionary first-ever anti-GMO product, the Biomedic which has been shown in preclinical studies to safely remove up to 74% of the GMO insecticide glyphosate from the human body in around six weeks of using the product on a daily basis. And that is just the tip of the iceberg with what this company offers. I encourage you to visit their website, www.ishoppurium.com, and use my coupon code HUMANPOTENTIAL all spelled in one word, to receive a $50 coupon on your first order and up to 25% on reoccurring orders after that. Again, the website is www.com. 
iShopPurium.com and use the coupon code HUMANPOTENTIAL. Let's dive deep into episode 130 with Dr. George Lamoureux. Dr. Lamoureux is a dear, dear friend of mine and a colleague and mentor of mine for over the last six years. And he is a master Taoist tonic herbalist, Chinese medicine practitioner and educator, and just an all-around incredible human being. He is truly a master of his trade. And this is the second interview we've done together. You can go back to our original interview on episode 10. So it's about 120 episodes ago. That's pretty amazing. And this conversation was about the most powerful health philosophy in the world, which I believe is the Taoist treasure philosophy that comes out of Chinese medicine. Um, it's, it's the three treasure philosophy. And you may have heard about this. You may have skimmed the surface of this, but I guarantee you have not heard some of the depth and detail that Dr. George goes into in this conversation. I hadn't heard a lot of this stuff. It was really, there's a completely another level of depth and detail on this philosophy and really takes it to a whole nother level of consciousness, how the three treasures and how our state of health and well-being is affecting our state of consciousness. Truly an incredible episode, to say the least. So I invite you to uh, buckle up your seatbelt or go for, a, go for um, a drive or a walk or whatever you do to get into the zone and enjoy this conversation between me and Dr. George Lamoureux. Dr. George Lamoureux is the founder of JingHerbs.com. He is a licensed acupuncturist and has been a tonic and clinical herbalist for more than two decades. George received his master's degree in traditional Chinese medicine in 1998. He also did a postgraduate with Bob Flaws in the field of gynecology and fertility. In 2002, George incorporated Jing Herbs to establish a company that would be true to the Taoist teachings of his mentors, both modern and ancient. Jing Herbs today is one of the world's most trusted authorities in the art and science of tonic herbs. George also is a medical qigong practitioner, and in 2014, George received his doctoral degree specializing in healthy aging and longevity from Yosan University. Dr. Lamoureux received specialty training in Western pharmacology, organ system aging, and psychoneuroimmunology with leading experts in the East to West medicine. During his doctoral studies, he did a clinical residence at both the Chengdu and Shanghai Universities of Traditional Chinese Medicine in China. Dr. Lamoureux is also a number one best-selling author, teacher, and has lectured across the country and in Europe. He has been a frequent speaker at his good friend David Wolf's Longevity Conference and Women's Wellness Conference. He has also shared the stage with such health luminaries such as Donna Gates, Truth Calkins, Daniel Vitalis, Dr. Joseph Mercola, and many, many more. And it is my honor and pleasure to welcome you back on the show. It's great to be here, Ryan. Yeah, it's been about 130 episodes since we, la we did our last uh, interview a few years wow. ago. That was episode number 10, and this is episode number 128. So wow, a little less that's amazing. You've been busy. 
I've been busy and this is just one scope of it, but you know, you know me, I don't like to get bored. So (laughs) yeah. And, um, you know, perfect timing. I've been looking forward to doing another interview with you and going deeper down the rabbit hole. And we've known each other for many years and you've been a great supporter and colleague and just mentor for me and the work I do. So I'm just really excited to dive into the rabbit hole with you. For everyone listening, if you want to get a more in-depth kind of read on Dr. Lamoureux's background, his history, and, um, you know, just his journey, I definitely recommend you go to back to episode 10 to really get, get a lot of that information. And we dove into some incredible areas, but today we are just going to go right into the topics that I have for us. And I guess, I guess the best thing to set it up would be to give everybody listening a basic a basic understanding of what Chinese medicine and also Taoist um, herbalism is for people that may not really know that and just coming into this conversation. Well, you know, it's, it's basically uh, called, it's a three treasure system. And, um, you know, I actually think you have a pretty sophisticated listening audience. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm probably going to get a little bit more into um, explaining uh, Jing, Qi, and Shen that might be a little bit more advanced than most people have probably heard so far. But we'll, we'll do, we'll do the, the basics of it. First, but I, I think I'm going to, you know, try to give you a little bit of an insight um, into the essence of all of these three treasures, if that's okay with you. That is exactly what I wanted, so that is more okay. okay. <laughs> all right, good. So basically, when we take the first treasure, we, we call this Jing. Um, now. Jing is basically, you know, it's that that indispensable, it's bioenergetic substance in all living things. And I would probably even apply that to things that we might consider to be as inanimate, even rocks, uh, even soil would be considered having a Jing aspect to them. As a matter of fact, um, there's an old, there's a Buddhist saying that uh, consciousness sleeps in minerals, it dreams in plants, it becomes, it stirs in animals, and it becomes activated in humans. So, um, what you may consider to be an inanimate object still has a jing essence to it. It, it, it. it has a fundamental essence that makes it what it is. So it's not only human beings. It's not only, not only we have jing. Everything in the universe basically has it. Now, as far as we go, I mean, our jing basically commences when there is a joining of the jing of our parents at the moment of our conception, when the egg and the sperm join together and become fertilized. That is basically the beginning of our jing. But one of the things that I'm going to get into uh, is the establishment. There's, there's, 
there's more of it to just saying that there's a jing essence that's being established there. Um, you've heard of the concept of the, the five elements, the water, fire, metal, wood, and earth. Okay, um, so that has a, a very close connection to Jing, and I'm, I'm actually going to go through that with you because this is happening during the gestational period of pregnancy. Now, in in classical Chinese medicine, um, pregnancy is actually a ten month um, span; it's not nine. So they're using lunar months. So um, there's a, there there is that distinction there, but so um, the establishment of the different jings actually starts in the fourth lunar month, and that's the establishment of the water jing. That definitely has to do with the kidney. That that's the the, the kidney element is associated with water. Okay, so during the fourth month, this supervises the genetic development phase of of the fetus of a human being. Okay, so it basically encompasses the fetus's unconscious reservoir of innate and intuitive intelligence, also the will and the life force energy. And it relates to things like divine love and power and the spirit. So during this time, if there is any interruption or if there's any faltering in the establishment of what we call the water jing during development, okay, so let's say um, a woman who is pregnant and during this time, during the fourth lunar month, okay, let's say there are certain toxins that are introduced into the body or there's stress or trauma or even things like malnutrition, okay, what will happen is um, this will have a very, very pervasive and subtle neurological impact on the developing fetus. And it'll actually predispose the person to having certain psychological disorders like, um, like schizophrenia, for instance. That would be an interruption of the establishment of this water jing, okay? Um, this also is uh, the time when wisdom is imparted to the kidneys. Now, we all know that, well, I don't know if we all know, but um, there are certain emotions or certain qualities in a human being that are established during this time, and it and is and it is established into each organ system. So again, the kidneys receive wisdom, and that is not necessarily something that is activated in early childhood or in early infancy. That is basically activated as someone matures. They start to activate that innate wisdom that they actually have and that was given to them from their mother. Okay, so that's the first one. Then the second one we're going to get into is the fire jing formation. Now that happens in the fifth lunar month and that is basically, that generates and controls 
it protects and it it integrates um, and harmonizes the fetus's internal energies, and it promotes both emotional and spiritual well-being. So any interruption or any faltering in the establishment of that energy, that Jing energy during that time, that is going to give you an associated problem with either the right, which is the yin, and the left, which is the yang brain communication. So the communication between the two hemispheres of the brain, um, which also correlates to the rational side, which is also considered the male side, and then the intuitive side, which is associated with the female side. So there's, if, if there's an interruption there, that's going to give you an imbalance in the communication between those two sides. Okay, And the fire element is also associated with the heart. So, so um, this has to do with the heart. And this is also a time when the concept of order is integrated into the body. Um, it is the function of the heart in classical Chinese medicine to basically, they call the heart the emperor of all the organ systems. This is also where the Shen resides. And it is the function of the heart to actually create order in the emotional life of a human being, but to also create order in how the mind is going to deal with certain stimuli or certain impressions that it's getting. It's actually the heart that decides if you're going to process that information or if you're going to store that information. I just want to clarify that. That's really interesting to me. So what you're saying is it's, it's, it's the, and that could be a bit of a rabbit hole in itself, whether we're talking about the metaphorical heart or the physical heart, but you said the heart is what chooses to store or release information from the processing system. Correct. So whenever you have, um, whenever you have, let's say you have an emotion, or you have a situation, um, what the heart does is the heart decides um, whether it will accept what is coming to it. That's in its. It, the heart is going to make a judgment about something. Okay. Now, for instance, let's say some type of emotion maybe just too much for a person to handle at that time. So what will happen is the heart will actually de it will compartmentalize that particular emotion or that particular issue, and it will basically segregate it. And it goes into what we call the yellow cord. And I can't get into all of that because that will really go down a rabbit hole. But just so you know, um, in order for the organism to survive – if it cannot deal with something at that time, the heart will actually shunt it. It'll, it'll take it away and put it somewhere. Now, obviously, later on in life, that may come back up again. Yeah. So all of these, right? Yeah. When, you, when, you, when you have these emotional things that all of a sudden come up and you're going, well, where did that come from? Yeah. Well, 
now you know where it came from. So, like, if somebody <laughs> has, like, repressed emotions or in Jungian psychology, like, a shadow element of someone's personality that hasn't been brought to the surface, this is pretty much what that is, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, um, let's see. Then we can go to... Um, the metal, the metal gene formation, and, and this is, happens during the sixth lunar month of pregnancy. Um, now, during this time, uh, metal, the metal gene is established in the fetus's body, and this is stabilizing the sinews and the connective tissues. So this is uh, responsible for fetal formation and the, the ability to form and maintain emotional bonds with others okay so this has to do with again more physical growth as the tissue of the body but again on the energetic level it has to do with the ability of this person to be, interact and have an emotional bond with another person later on in life and um, as far as the Emotion or the character that's instilled at this time, it's integrity, okay? It's a sort of a sense of self, but um, a sense of propriety or what is proper in, one, in one's life um, and what is appropriate in one's life. So there's that kind of thing being established at the same time. So if you have, again, if the mother has an interruption in the establishment of that kind of energy in the body, what you will have in that child is the inability to be able to, to um, make those bonds later on in life or have those kind of relationships. Autism, for instance, is energetically the kind of um, thing that happens when this interruption occurs during pregnancy. So the uh, autistic children don't have the ability to make that connection. They are very, they're, they're isolated within themselves. Okay. Does that make sense? Absolutely. This is so fascinating. This is bringing together so many different aspects of like um, psychology and different, different. Um, one of the things I, I just want to point out because it's so incredible, like John Martini talks a lot about the the um the development the the fetal development from a genetics perspective and one of the mm -hmm. things he says is that what one generation regret or represses the next generation expresses and he kind of he kind of points out from a from a from a um you know from different levels of the genetics like mm -hmm. of of um the repressed emotions or the or the the need to express past repressed emotions or the inability to do that um, so this is kind of, I'm mm -hmm. just like, I'm just like really blown away by this. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, Ryan, because don't forget, uh, getting back to like Jing in general, Jing also has that ancestral aspect to it. So uh, Jing carries with it at the moment of your conception, you, you basically get the download from your ancestors. And if you think about that, um, you may, in getting that download, you may also be getting some of that information that has been compartmentalized, that has been segregated, and that has never been expressed. Wow. So, 
you you being the recipient of that may be the one who's actually going to express that and experience it in your lifetime. So in other so, words, that, that famous phrase, the sins of the father passed down to the son, that's not <laughs> like a, a, a phrase. Like that's a real meta, metaphysical kind of reality. It, yes, it can be. It yeah, can be. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so uh, let's see now. Uh, okay, so now we're, we're going to go into the wood, the wood jing formation. Okay, and this is the seventh lunar month. Um, and this basically, uh, the wood jing energy supervises um, the assertion and the direction of the baby's emotional and spiritual aspects. Okay, so um, the wood is also associated with the liver, right? And the character that goes along with the liver. And these are, um, so it's, it's kindness, right? And I have to say, when I talk about the characters here, these are the characters that are, that are being established prenatally, okay? This, so this is a formation that's happening in the womb. So you've got these, you've got wisdom, and you've got integrity, and you've got order, and now with the liver you have kindness, okay? Um, these are considered, in classical Chinese medicine, these are the righteous characters of a human being. We know that later on in life, we can certainly develop the opposite to them. And that often does happen. But for now, I just want to bring out what's being established as um, what we call a, in Chinese medicine a, a zhen ren, uh, a righteous person. Okay, so the wood energy is kindness, and if you have um, if you have a disruption in that energy being established in the fetus later on in life. This is going to be a person who may exhibit passive-aggressive disorders. Mm. Okay? Um, and then we have the earth jing formation. So that's, that's, the last, that's the last element. And this is happening during the eighth lunar month. And... Uh, this is actually when the fetus receives what we call the zong qi, or the essential qi of the body. Um, and this energy is, is coming both from heaven and from earth, and it's accumulated in the chest, in the chest area. Okay? Um, and this is the time where the earth jing um, begins to be accepted by by the baby's body, by the by the by the fetus's body. Okay, um, and this is also what completes the formation of the skin, of the actual outer shell that will separate self from other or self from non-self. Okay, and again, this is also going to. Uh, during this time, this is when the fetus's emotional and um, spiritual boundaries are established. So you have the 
You have like the emotional boundaries, but you also have at the same time, you have the physical boundary being established. So the skin is completed, and at the same time, the emotional boundaries are um, being completed. And um, this is the in this this has to do the wood and the excuse me the earth energy has to do with the spleen and the character has to do with trust. Okay, so this is the element or the character that's being established during this time is one of trust. And if you think about it, um, when you have your boundaries. Uh, you have to be able to trust someone to basically let them in, right? I mean, you have to trust somebody to allow them to be close enough to you to penetrate those boundaries that are being established. So that's, that basically completes um, the formation of the five element Jing in the body. So. That is basically, instead of just saying, well, you know, um, Jing is that uh, stored energy that, and it is, it is that too, that is, it basically will determine your constitution and it will determine, for most part, um, your lifespan, um, you know, it will determine uh, how healthy you're going to be or, and those kind of things. Um, I wanted to give you a little bit more of an aspect of what else is really involved in the establishment of Jing in the body and how it really has a, a huge impact um, for the rest of your life in as far as your spiritual life goes, your emotional life goes, and your physical life also. Wow, that, that is incredible. I feel like I just got a whole distilled education on the fundamentals of Jing, where before I didn't really, I didn't necessarily have that kind of understanding. I had more of the understanding that a lot of people do is more the, 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 um, the primordial energy of the already constructed formed body and, and, and the, the life cycle of the body as it's already built. Um, and a little bit of an understanding of the the prenatal and postnatal perspective on Jing, but this just took it to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. And you know, another thing that uh, we have to remember about Jing, another quality of Jing is it is it, it, in in our bodies. It is that stored energy, but um, it's not something. That, nothing in life, or nothing in a living organism is static in any way. There has to be movement and one of the things about Jing although it's a very yin and a concentrated form of qi, probably the thickest it's also the most subtle as a vibration goes and it is a constant state of potential. So it is always becoming it's never just sitting there. Jing just that is not the quality of Jing. Jing is always active. It is always transforming into something else. So you have to always remember that. Yeah, I mean, that, I feel like there's a potential rabbit hole just from that one statement. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that or maybe it'll pop back open. But I think that's a bit, there's, there's some profundity to what you're saying. Um, 
Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious, I, I, are you, are you going to transition into talking about the, the other two treasures? Um, yes, we will, we can do, we can do cheat now, um, because that is basically, um, that is sort of an outgrowth or it is a, a byproduct or a product of a transformational, transformational energy of chain. Okay, without that, you cannot have chi unless you have jing to begin with. It doesn't exist that way. Okay, um, but again, uh, a lot of people think of chi as energy, and and I and I know that that for us, uh, when you have to explain something so that someone can understand what you're talking about, you have to use words that they can that they can basically relate to. So a lot of people can relate to energy. But um, it's, it is certainly uh, an incomplete expression of what she is, and uh, it, it doesn't give you the essence of what she is. You know, in, um, in Native American or indigenous people up in Alaska um, have, you know, for snow, they have like a hundred different words for different kinds of snow. It's just not, you can't go up to them and say, you know, well, it's snowing out and they'll go, well, what kind of snow are you talking about? It, it's the same thing with chi, okay? Um, chi, it, it is so specifically divided in Chinese medicine of, of there are so many different kinds of chi because chi has so many different functions in the body. Um, it, you know, chi is actually the, the thing that transforms substances into what we call energy. Okay, um, but not only does not only does it transform the energy, but chi transports the substances that it creates too. All right. It holds and it contains energy, especially blood and the organ systems. Right? It she protects protects our bodies from uh, both internal and external pathogenic factors. So that's another thing. Um, she raises and elevates. It also warms the body. So it has all kinds of specific functions and as a matter of fact I think there are close to yeah there's close to 20 different specific types of chi wow and I, I'll just I'll just mention a couple because we can't go into all of them because it, it, this really gets into more into like acupuncture theory and that kind of thing but so we have the prenatal chi Right, and that's we were talking about prenatal chi in the establishment of the fetus. Prenatal chi is called the yuan chi in the body. Then we have postnatal chi, and that's called hua de chi. Now, postnatal chi is primarily dependent on the foods that we eat and the air that we breathe. So it's the, the spleen chi and the lung chi that are creating that kind of energy that the body uses on a day-to-day -day basis, okay? 
Then we have something like heaven chi, which is called tian chi, the chi of heaven, which we are, we're all being, we, we are all recipient, uh, recipients of the chi of heaven every day. Then you have the chi of earth, the di chi, okay? People who are familiar with the grounding, all right? Why are you grounding yourself? Because the energy of the earth is really beneficial for us to take up through our bodies, okay? That's, that's the earth chi. Then we have food chi, which is called gu chi. And then you have all different kinds. You have clear yang, you have turbid, you have center, you have gathering, true chi, nourishing chi, protective chi, channel chi, organ chi, evil chi. Right? It just goes on and on and on. And they all have all these different functions in the body. Okay? But that's, that is basically what we call the second treasure. And um, there are, just to say, tonic herbs. Okay, there are tonic herbs that are specific to nourishing all three of those treasures, all Jing, Qi, and Shen. Okay, and I guess that's, I'll leave the discussion of Qi to that because I think that gives you a pretty good idea of, of what Qi might be. Okay, um, and then the last treasure. The last, probably, in my opinion, certainly, um, you know, the most, the most significant, um, the most refined, the highest vibrational chi, and that is that is the shen. Okay. Um, I mean, that's definitely considered. That's a subtle energy. Uh, it's the subtle energy of the spirit. Uh, and it is definitely the Shen is associated with the heart. Okay, um, so you can also see where when you have when I was talking about the heart maintaining order. Okay, if the heart does not maintain the order that needs to be maintained in the body, okay, then what's going to happen is the Shen will be disturbed. The Shen will not have a place to reside. And that's when you have, uh, when people, for instance, don't feel at ease in their own bodies. They don't feel like they belong um, in, in the body that they were given. They think that they should be somewhere else. Um, this also has to do with the ability to, um, to dream. This is the ability of the Shen to actually travel um, and explore during sleep. Okay, um, this is the Shen is somewhat of an outgrowth from the two other energies. If you have really good Jing and you have good Qi, then there is a natural flourishing that happens. And the Shen sort of like is an outgrowth or one of the products of those two energies blossoming, or I probably should say more of transformation. Uh, because all of these three energies, the Jing, Qi, and Shen, are all about transformation, um, transforming from one to another, 
uh, transferring from lower to higher. Um, you know, you can have, and we were talking about before, about the energies of heaven descending, the energies of earth coming up through the body. Okay? Um, this is going to impact the Shen. It's going to impact the spirit. This is certainly our connection to our divinity. Um, it is our connection to our humanity. So it's going to give us the ability to express love or express trust or activate wisdom. This is all, this is all the function of the Shen. Okay, or to exhibit kindness. All of those other energies that were established in the body and established in each of the organ systems, okay, it is the Shen that actually allows that expression in its purest form. Okay? Now, if you have um, the opposite, when you, when you have a, a disturbed Shen, Okay, and that's when you have the opposite of all of those benevolent characters that people have, and then you go to the other side. Um, but that's all under the auspices of the heart and the shed. Yeah, so I'm curious what your answer to this question would be if we took some kind of like iconic figure that all of us in the world are familiar with. Maybe it's a president, maybe it's an actor, actress or something. I would be curious, who would you say comes up to you immediately when you think of somebody that has really great Shen? Um, you, <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. I would say every single person that I have ever known. Okay. <laughs> every single person I've ever known. And and the real, the only reason I'm saying that is because um because I always look at the potential. Okay? Um even though someone may not have manifested uh, the, the full potential of how their Shen can certainly express itself. Okay? Um, when I connect with someone, even if I don't know them that much or whatever, uh, I always see that in them. Or I, tr or I try to see that in them. Okay, so I don't think, um, you know, it, when you start to, when you start to do things like quantifying or um, trying to, to categorize people into different qualities of Shen, um, then you actually, uh, I think you lose what the spirit is about. Do you know what I'm, does that make sense what I'm saying? That totally makes sense. I, I totally understand what you're talking about. It, it, you're, you're coming from a perspective of seeing the potential in everybody opposed to concluding or defining them based on what you see in the moment. Yeah, no, exactly. And again, remember that 
everyone is in a constant state of flux. Right. Everyone is is transforming right. in in every single moment. So you may you may catch someone at a time in their life when um, they may be transforming out of a really bad cycle and they're about to transform into a really benevolent cycle. They're going into a, a different aspect. You have to, uh, you don't have to, but um, if, if you possess the qualities of that righteous person that I was talking about that is established at the beginning, okay, you give them that space. You give them, uh, you know, that ability to become that ascended person that they actually are. I mean, here, you know, here's the thing. Um, you, you probably know that uh, I follow Taoism. Taoist practitioner. Right. One of the things that one of the major tenets of Taoism uh, is there is a, there's a there's a non non judgmental aspect there, um, and you you don't. You know, you just don't meet someone in in judgment. Mm. You don't you don't do that. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then there's a there's a pretty good philosophy that what we judge in others is part of ourselves as well. Yeah, <laughs> very often see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, great. That was amazing. I'd love to pivot with some time that we have left. Now that you've really kind of given this in-depth look of what the three treasures are, could you maybe share with us some combinations of herbs, maybe a primary, secondary, and tertiary formulation that would incorporate a Jing formulation, a Qi formulation, a Shen formulation? Mm, okay. Um, all right. So uh, if, if you wanted to, like, for instance... Um, you want to divide. You, you want to divide the Jing into its yin and yang aspects. Also, you have to remember that. So, like the yin Jing is going to have to do with um, with substance. It's going to have to do with tissue. It's going to have to do with physical body, with body fluids. Um, you know that kind of aspect. So, if you nourish the yin of the kidney or the yin of the Jing. You would do herbs like um, uh, gochitsa, which is uh, goji berries. Most people know it as goji berries, okay? Or the botanical name is lyceum, right? That is a yin jing herb uh, that really nourishes kidney yin. It's also an incredible blood builder. So when you engender blood, which is a yin fluid, Okay, that's going to moisten the body. It's going to nourish the body. But the other thing that it does is, you know, there's always the Shen aspect to it. Um, in engendering blood, blood nourishes the heart. And remember that the heart is the resting place of the spirit, of the Shen. So when you have a sufficient amount of blood nourishing the heart, then the heart is at peace. It's calm. And it can reside there. So, although we're tonifying kidney yin, in a roundabout way, 
were affecting the Shen. And you have to also remember that nothing in our bodies, nothing in the universe functions in a vacuum. Everything is interconnected. Everything depends on everything else. And that has to do with Jing Qi and Shen. So even though we're tonifying one specific energetic, you are always affecting the other ones at the same time in some way, shape, or form. Okay, so you've got goji. Another great herb uh, that's a kidney yin tonic would be hosha wu. Um, and, you know, the famous story about, you know, Master Ho, who was a young man, but he was frail and he was infertile and uh, his hair had turned white and nobody was interested in him. And then he found this herb, uh, this vine that was intertwined, and he thought that it looked like two lovers in an embrace. So he decided to eat the root. And all of a sudden, he started, his vitality started coming back. His hair turned black again. Um, he got married. He had lots of children. So, Hoshu Wu, a kidney yin tonic. Um, again, great fertility herb, by the way. Um, it's very good for um, the formation of both the egg and in men. It helps with sperm count and motility. So it's a, it's a really good fertility herb, besides being a kidney, yin, jing, essence, tonic. So those are two good ones. And then if you want to go to the yang side, um, probably, uh, well, the, the best yang tonic that there is in the pharmacopoeia is deer antler. Uh, for, people who just want to do herbs, I would say that um, certainly epimidium or um, sestanch would be uh, two great ones, um, and morinda. And the, I, I really like morinda a lot uh, because uh, if you get uh, yang tonics, some of them can be very warm and drying at the same time. What you don't want to do is you don't want to bring an excessive amount of heat into the body where you start to plunder the yin, where you start to dry out the fluids. And Marinda is one of the great yang tonics that not only tonifies kidney yang, and by the way, yang has to do with function in the body. It has to do with the function of all the organ systems. So when you're tonifying kidney yang, you are, again, tonifying the function of all the organ systems. Uh, but Marinda is also really, really moistening. So it's gentle, but it's warming at the same time. I, re I really love that. I really love that. So that would be good. You know, those would be good combinations uh, for the kidney jing. Uh, when you get to qi, um, the organ systems that you want to address in qi are specifically the spleen qi and the lung qi. As I said before, the combination of those two uh, organ systems working together to transform gu qi, which is food qi, I mentioned that before, right? That transforms the energy of food into usable energy, all right? Uh, herbs that are that target those two specifically, as far as chi tonics go, astragalus 
is um, Stratus is actually probably my favorite sheet tonic, even more than ginseng. Um, and people would probably think I'm crazy, but um, the reason I like Astragalus is because, uh, well, it does go into both the spleen and the lung meridians, so it goes into those organs. Uh, it has a very, very strong upright energy to it, so it lifts things that are prolapsing, so it has that, that just brings everything up. It literally helps you keep your posture. Um, so it's a great, strong chi tonic. Uh, it's amazing for the immune system. And uh, the component, the astragal side four, which helps keep the telomeres long at the end of the DNA strands, makes it an incredible longevity tonic. So it's good for helping aging and longevity. So. Um, I really, really love that verb. It's great tonic. But then the second one would probably be ginseng. Okay? And again, ginseng goes to spleen and lung. It's probably the most famous of the chi tonics that there, that there is. Um, you should probably, uh, you know, like, if you are taking ginseng, you should know which kind of ginseng you should take according to your um, constitution. If you have... Um, a really yin constitution, uh, you may be uh, more, uh, you lack energy, you lack fire, you have a weak voice, you get colds a lot, you have a lot of deficiencies, then what you would do is you would do the hot ginsengs, like the Korean ginsengs, for, for instance. That would really help to balance that yang deficiency in your body. If you're somebody who is sort of like um, just middle, you're neither too hot nor too cold, you're just like right there, really well balanced, right? Then you could do like the Chinese ginsengs, which tend to have a warm energy to them, um, but they're not too warm. Uh, they're sort of like just in the middle. If you're someone who is really hot, uh, fiery, um, you know, boisterous, loud voice, really out there, then the ginseng that would probably be most appropriate for you would be American ginseng because it has the coolest energy of the ginseng class. That works best so, for me. What was that? I said that one works best for me. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So, um, and the other thing is uh, American ginseng is also a ginseng that um, promotes the body fluid, the promotion of body fluid. It keeps the, it keeps the body moist and cool. So that's, that's an amazing one. Um, it is the ginseng that uh, for women who are going into menopause, who start to get hot flashes, it's one of the ginsengs that I very often, because uh, a lot of times when women start to go into early menopause or they're in menopause, okay, their energy levels go down because their hormone levels going down. Um, giving them American ginseng is really great because it raises the chi, so they start to feel more energetic again, and at the same time, it's cooling them down because they're getting that what we call that excess fire from yin deficiency. It's not real fire, 
it, the only reason that there's heat is because there's not enough water or cooling to anchor the heat. So they start getting the hot flashes. So American ginseng is something that I usually add into uh, programs for them, and they love it. They love it. Um, let's see, what other cheat tonics? Oh, cordyceps. Um, cordyceps is really amazing. Um, it's now, uh, you know, there's wild cordyceps, of course, which is harvested in like the pl Tibetan plateaus and uh, the northern regions of China. Um, but wild cordyceps is, uh, you know, it costs more than gold. Uh, it's about $10,000 a kilo. Really, really expensive. But now we have the ability to, um, to cultivate uh, cordyceps, and it is, and it's very, very good. So, if, I mean, we, I do use wild cordyceps. It's in the Three Brothers formula that we have. Um, but for people just taking cordyceps on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, that would be a ridiculous, ridiculously expensive habit. So, the cultivated cordyceps is really good. It still has all of the active ingredients. It still has, it's amazing for stamina and endurance. Uh, anybody who is an athlete would do really, really well with cordyceps. Uh, it was given to a lot of the Olympic athletes and um, they broke records, especially the, I think it was the distance runners broke records with it. So that's absolutely amazing cheat tonic. So I would combine, you know, I can combine that. And as a matter of fact, it, that three brothers formula that we have has astragalus, cotonopsis, and cordyceps in it. So it's got those three, got those three cheat tonics because I love them myself. So I did that. Um, is reishi, without a doubt. Um, the reason that I became an herbalist, the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing today is all because of the effect that that herb had in my own life. And, um, uh, you know, I was talking about transformation. That is the most transformational herb that there is. Um, reishi can definitely turn those negative cycles into benevolent cycles. They literally, it literally can change how you perceive the world, how you think. Um, in classical Chinese medicine, one of the functions of reishi is actually to drain fire from the heart. That's, that's one of the functions. Not the only one, but it's one of them. And if you think about what I was saying before, about when you have Shen disturbances, Okay, so when the Shen is not seated in the heart, when, it, when, it's, when it's aggravated, when it's not allowed to rest, okay, that leads to what we call heart fire. Mm. And, 
And one of the functions of reishi is to take that heart fire and to drain it from the body so that the Shen can be at peace again. And for me, that was the thing that impacted me the most and really changed my life. Um, of course, it is one of the medicinal mushrooms, so it has all of the activity on the immune system. It is bi-directional, so it can boost the immune system. If it's deficient, it'll, uh, it'll suppress it if it's overactive. Um, it's great for the cardiovascular system, the physical cardiovascular system. It's great for the heart muscle itself. It's good for circulation. Um, it has so many of those benefits. So as far as the Shen goes, that is definitely the superstar. That is the supreme herb for Shen. Then we have other herbs like um, albicia flower, for instance. And you'll notice most of, most of the flowers, any kind of the flowers in any of the herbal pharmacopias, uh, because of their energy of being light, okay, they tend to affect the Shen because the Shen is the lightest energy that there is. It tends to be the floating energy that goes up. Um, so albicia flower is another incredible herb for the spirit. Uh, another important one is polygala. And polygala is an herb that actually connects the heart with the kidney energy. And if we go back to our five element stuff that we were talking about, right? It's very, very important to have a connection between water and fire, all right? They control one another. They're, they're dependent on one another. So you have that connection between the heart and the kidney energy, the kidney water, the heart fire. And that connection establishes your connection to your own body, to your own self. So if people who have a break in that connection, that's that's like the schizophrenic, okay? That's like the person who does not feel like they, they should be in the body that they're in. Um, there's a disconnect there. And polygala is an herb that establishes that connection, that keeps it strong. So, um, like a combination of those three, that is a, a perfect Shen tonic. That's a perfect Shen um, combination. Yeah. Wow, that that was an incredible, um, incredible deep dive into three treasure formulations, and something that I hope gives everybody a little bit of a roadmap on how to practically apply all of this information on the three treasures and apply it towards your herbal your herbal experiments and and we don't have very much time but i also want to note that food like our whole foods raw foods regular even like cooked foods and just whole foods in general also have the qualities and energetics of these three treasures as well right oh no absolutely yes absolutely uh food is going to impart um all of those aspects. The, the thing about that makes herbs really special uh, is the fact that they have constituents that that food does not have. They have, you know, um, you know like for reishi, for instance, you know, the triterpenes and the polysaccharides that are specific to that herb. You will only get them from reishi. 
you know. Um, good food, as I said before, with the spleen and the lungs taking that goo chi, that energy from food, um, and transforming it, it will it will feed all the energies. Yes, it'll feed Jing Chi and Chen eventually. Absolutely. But the but the tonic herbs impart more of the subtle energies and even like an advanced genetic profile. Because a lot of these are wild foods, even though there's a cultivation with most of it, it's still far more of a wild food than say like cultivated blueberries or celery or lettuce or something. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of the and a lot of the herbs that we use are actually our wild crafted. So they're not cultivated in hothouses. Um, they'll they'll be they'll be propagated, they'll they'll sow the like for instance for the reishi spores, they'll actually propagate the reishi spores, but they'll allow them to grow in their natural habitat. They won't tend them. And any herb that is not tended, that is basically left to itself, will itself develop such a strong shen and such a strong life force that when a human being consumes that energy, they benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to ask this question real quick because I've never actually looked into this, but how do, how do companies actually extract and concentrate a reishi spore, like a reishi spore oil or the reishi spore that's in your reishi product? Like how, mm-hmm. like how does that actually happen? You actually have to mechanically or by pressure crush the outer shell of the spore. And that's how you that's how you get the oil. Okay, so it's coming directly from the oil that's in the the physical ratio. Yeah, the oil is inside the spore. And if if I don't know if, if you've ever seen a reishi spore, it's 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 microscopic. Oh, it's wow. literally microscopic. So um, that is an amazing process that they use. I mean, you can you me- you can mechanically crush the spore um, and extract the oil. A better way to do it is to put it under pressure, which will make it collapse, and the and the oil will be extruded. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was. I that always eluded me for years, and I just never really thought too deeply about it. So it's just kind of one of those things that I wanted to ask. Yeah, uh, and that's and that is the and that is the Jing fluid of of, of the of the reishi, the, the the spore. That's the Jing. That's the seed. It's kind of like the omega three energy of the reishi, right? Yes. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, this has been amazing. Um, obviously, we need to get everybody over to Jing Herbs, and there's a special link that everybody could go to, which is lifefoodherbs.com. That's my personal link, um, and it has a few videos of me doing um, little little intro videos on some of the herbs, and it'll take all of you directly to the Jing Herbs website. Um, mm-hmm. Is there is there any other Insights or words of wisdom that you would like to share with the audience before we conclude? 
Um, you know, I actually, if they haven't done it already, it would be great for them to do the, the genomes analysis. Yes, thank you. Because um, it's, it's just such a great tool to give them a really good idea of how they, how they are on those three energetics that, that we were talking about, the gene sheets and the three treasures. It'll give them a little bit of a breakdown and um, they can go from there. But it's a good introduction. Okay, yeah. cool. So for everyone, like Dr. Lamoureux just said, you can go to the website, lifefoodherbs.com. The information will be in the show notes and you can do a complimentary test see where your three treasures are and then you can go accordingly to what what herbs and products that you want to you want to purchase um based on based on your three treasures okay well all right Ronnie. this has been incredible i can hear the sirens you must yes. be in downtown <laughs> <No>. los angeles <laughs> again all right you be well yeah thank you so much for joining us all right take care I hope you enjoyed this fascinating episode of the Holistic Health and Human Potential show. Before you head off, I want to invite you to go to my website for further podcast episodes and tons of free content on holistic health, natural nutrition, and human potential. Please go to www.ronnylandis.net to find out how to take your health and your life to the next level. And also, I want to encourage you to leave a five-star review for this podcast on our iTunes page, which will help me in my mission to get these inspiring messages to millions of people throughout the world. I thank you so much for your support, and I look forward to continuing to provide amazing conversations and content on holistic health and human potential.